Good afternoon, friends of Tea Buddies. This is Sharda Shabran, your host for today's episode. Wishing everyone who's listening to this podcast an amazingly lovely day. Today's podcast is a collaboration between Tea Buddies and Mind Matters Network, a mental health initiative by youth and for youth that aspires to guide young people to mental health resources, understand youth perspective, and educate through bite-sized information regarding mental health. Mind Matters Network also focuses on skills development to better deal with mental health issues and sparking unashamed conversations to drive the youth mental health advocacy in Malaysia. In conjunction with World Suicide Prevention Month, we have invited Dr. Andrew Mohanraj, Professor of Psychiatry and the President of Malaysian Mental Health Association to answer some of our questions regarding suicide. Hope you find it insightful. I have a few questions here, Dr. Dr. Andrew, so would you be happy to take a few of them, maybe? Sure, sure. The first question would be, how do you deal with death by suicide after? For example, if it was a friend or partner, someone you're very close with, how do you deal with that? Yeah, uh, that's a very good question, actually, because um, uh, one, one particular reason why that becomes a very pertinent question is that uh, it has been shown also statistically that being in close proximity with a person who had taken his or her own life uh, is also a strong predictor for the the person who had witnessed this. Uh, it's a strong predictor in that particular person to uh, for suicidality as well. Um, so, and therefore, it's important to ensure that people who have been affected by the suicide of a close family member or a close friend also needs to, uh, or rather, to 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 you know analyze oneself and to find and to realize that if help is needed, help must be sought. Uh, it is very difficult, and it's it can be a very uh, depending on how close the person is and what sort of experience uh, that one has shared with the particular, with that person, that is one. And number two, the feeling that would overwhelm the survivor here in this case, would, or rather the friend or the, the family member who has uh, you know, experienced or has been in this position, is the feeling of guilt of not being able to do enough uh, or not being able to do the right thing at the right moment, for, for example. So these are things that normally would be the issues that they'll have to grapple with. Uh, and again, it is very difficult. It is easy to say that all of us as human beings have our own limitations and no, you know, we are not born heroes. We try to be, uh, but, you know, it is easier said than done. So these are the issues that would continue to feel and, uh, you know, the, the person who undergoes this uh, loss would feel. Mm-hmm. However, grieving is a normal process. We know that. Uh, and uh, it is just when grieving becomes extended and becomes uh, overwhelming, then it becomes pathological grief. And in this particular situation, when a close uh, friend or a family member, uh, you know, completes suicide, then there is a greater danger of grief turning pathological. And therefore, I would advise such people to seek some help or even just talk about it to a a, a mental health professional. It does not mean that you're seeking active help, but it is good to have a chat about this uh, just to ensure that, you know, it's nothing wrong. I think think you brought up a few very important points there, Dr. Andrew. And one thing, if you can say it's your tagline here, is that we are not playing heroes. 
And mm -hmm. everyone who is in the webinar today must realize that as much as you want to help, you also have your own limitations and there are only certain sets that you can actually reach out to and help. And beyond that, it's actually not something that you can do. And that leads me to my second question, actually. How are you able to comfort someone suicidal at the same time setting the right boundaries for ourselves? How do you do this, Atletro? Uh, yes. Well, that's what our suicide uh, prevention training is all about. That, you know, really to, to understand that we all have our limitations. And here it is important to, 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 to display empathy uh, and rather than being, you know, sympathetic, which is really might take a toll on the person providing uh, the support as well. Uh, and it is good to to be to be very clear about it and, and and draw the line there and understand that these are the limitations. And this is, you know, if I were to reach out to somebody, I know my limitations. But as long as I remember that I am, am aware of these limitations and if I am not able to help that person, then I must at least ensure that there is somebody else who will be able to help that person and link that person to a particular service. Uh, this is all that we are all we are expected to do. And I think if we go beyond that, then it clearly shows that maybe uh, you know our personality is not suited for this. And there's nothing wrong with that because mm -hmm. we are all made out of different, you know, different personalities. There's some of us who are who like to go out and help people uh, and be just there physically there holding somebody's hand and doing things for them, running around doing things. There are some of us who don't do that, uh, but still continue to feel for the person who is affected. So we might do something like, you know, get involved in advocacy work, for example. Some of us are very good in social media. We might put out articles and keep you know, posting messages on Instagram about how we must help people who are suicidal. So not all of us are geared towards you know, going out there and holding somebody's hand and reaching out to people. So we must understand that. And the important thing is to feel comfortable that despite our limitations, and all of us have limitations, we are also contributing effectively to the betterment of our community. That's all ultimately that matters. Yeah. Uh, it's very interesting that you brought up that thought, you know, that there are very different ways that you can actually go out and help. And everyone always sees that, you know, if you're not directly involved there, right, with that person, then they don't actually see how they're actually making a difference. But they don't realize that maybe a post they shared that someone saw or just a quote they yeah. shared resonated yeah. with someone. So yeah. when we talk about uh, those that are with us and close with us, we are able to reach out to them. But what about those who are not in our circle, Dato? but you know they're going through something. How do we reach out to people that we are not close to? Will it be weird to somebody suddenly just start yeah. messaging them? Yeah. yeah. Actually, it's a good thing you said that you mentioned that because there's one other point that I forgot to say earlier. Uh -huh. and, you know, this question brought reminded mm -hmm. me that I had to say it, is that whether mm -hmm. you are reaching to them directly, uh, mm -hmm. the person you, you know, or even if you're not, if you're reaching out to a person you don't know, the, mm -hmm. the main a point to remember here is not to imagine that you know uh, how that person is feeling or what the pain that the other person is undergoing. Often we say things like, I know how you may, you, you, you feel at this moment. I know the pain that you're undergoing. And that's the first sentence that will cut you off from that person because the person who is vulnerable and suffering there understands that you're saying it just because you know you don't know what else to say. Uh, and you cannot possibly be 
in the person's shoes to say that. And I find that a lot of people actually say this and cut off the opportunity to help somebody. So do not mm -hmm. imagine that you know the pain of the person feeling, you know, who's, who's mm -hmm. suicidal. If a person who's helping out another person who is also mm -hmm. has been in such a situation, a similar situation before, might say that I too was that I too had attempted to take my life twice before. And I know there are difficulties that one faces and yours might be a different circumstance, and different situation, but probably, you know, the, 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 the pain that we suffered is sort of identical and I can identify with your pain. Things like that uh, has yeah. to be, is, is the first approach. So even if you're approaching somebody who is far away and nothing, you know, you're not connected to them, I think mm -hmm. it's important not to overstress the that's why sticking to empathy and not sympathy is always a very useful uh, boundary here and yep. to you know to, to 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 be to be honest about it as well and not to say things that are that that you don't yourself feel strongly about yeah uh, and people can detect that you know they can detect that mm -hmm. when people reach out to them that's why this whole idea of connecting to people is also important and i in in these days you know people are used to depending on the on, on on your generation i guess but if you're dealing with somebody who is suicidal and who mm -hmm. needs to listen to uh, and helped out with empathy surely yeah. you can't you need to depending on our culture as well you know we need to show that person that you're actually listening to that person and not fidgeting with your mobile phone while listening to them or you know saying excuse me i got to take this call and then come back to it in in any culture that's not that's not right but yes. sometimes in some some general you know maybe younger people think it's perfectly all right to multitask mm -hmm. so these are cues that we have and this can be expressed also even when it is online even, you know, that's the beauty of this MCO period. People are beginning to read between lines now when, yeah. when you communicate online through emails and things like that because people cannot assess one another directly. If you looked at a crypt email, a very short note, then you probably think, oh, that person is in a bad mood. So similarly, when you reach out to somebody who is not near you, I think you have to be careful about that in basically showing, demonstrating that you actually care uh for that person and that's also what i tell about you know in, in this this whole concept of active listening is important how we do it is a little bit more challenging now when we do this online but you know the fact that you know being of uh, i think maybe i have and maybe you and i have an advantage here because you know being of uh, of indian ancestry we used to we shake our heads lots so that's very important because when you listen to somebody else, rather that there are ways of showing that you're actually listening to them. And we have yeah. this added advantage of being able to nod our heads far more vigorously. Oh. So that also gives the impression that you're actually listening. Mm -hmm. uh, so that active listening is a skill of its own and it is a very important component in reaching out to people who are suicidal. Uh, it's a, a challenge online, but it can be done. Yeah. yeah. I think you brought up very, very important points that I hope everyone is taking note of. But there's one more aspect that we have not covered yet, actually. We spoke about a lot about people who are having suicidal thoughts that you can see and they clearly came and they explained it to you. But what about the jokesters? Every group of friends will have this one person who makes all the jokes all the time, who's always laughing. And yeah. sometimes what they say will make you wonder, you know, like, are they actually finding this funny or are they actually going through something? Yeah. So when someone tells you clearly that they're going through suicidal thoughts, we know, okay, this is what we're supposed to say. This is how we're supposed to go through it. Yeah. But if someone is telling something and goes 
I was just joking lah. No lah, nothing lah, and starts laughing. Yeah. How do we tackle this? Yeah, yeah, that's also a very good point you brought up because that's mm-hmm. one thing that was in in our training as well. When you notice that somebody that's suddenly becoming calm, sudden change of behavior, sudden happiness. It's definitely not happiness or being elated, but showing external calm uh, while battling the underlying pain. Um, I mean, the great example of this is uh, Robin Williams, right? And before one day before he, he completed suicide, he was noticeably very friendly. He came out of his room and he started chatting with everybody, and you know, mm-hmm. making. And then people thought, "Wow, Robin has changed." I mean, you know, whatever problems he had, it's been sorted out, and now he's all right, and you know, he's back again to the old Robin. But really, he was feeling calm and the. and uh, you know he was showing that he was very chatty and things like that so uh, and before he ended his life the next day um, and that's because he had already made up his mind and he was uh, you know very firm with his idea and he was no longer battling with himself as to whether he should do it or not so there was some sort of a decision made similarly in this case you would find this person suddenly becoming chatty and if there is a drastic change in behavior uh in 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 a, over a very short period of time for example in a day or two like two weeks of feeling low and isolated and not interacting with anybody and then suddenly out of the blue in one over period of 24 hours it's an abrupt a change an abrupt change in the behavior and the way that person is interacting with somebody else then you got to be a little bit uh, uh, you know wary of this uh, this behavior and start watching for other uh uh you know signs like for example is that person while being chatty also saying things like you can have my you know my my pet uh, or or my this is a prized possession my you know latest iphone uh, i know you always liked an iphone here i'm giving it to you take it or something like that which is a little bit you know incongruent to the normal behavior so you know that it's part of somebody who is suicidal might also want to just give away things and you're right about making these comments and in between the chattiness if you're you know in 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 social media or whatever it's always good to now to look for comments like uh, you know there's what's the point of living or you know not everything is gloomy after all bye everybody i don't know when i'm going to see you again uh, you know and things like that Uh, and if you already made plans to meet up for a movie of course that's have not happening now with this covid thing but uh, you know let's say you want to do something together and that person might just say i don't know whether i'm going to be there uh, and that leave it like that so these are things you'll have to pick up you know but uh, and if you pick it up it's good but if you can't don't blame yourself for it because often i've had many cases my clients also who come and tell me that you know if they only had picked up that one line in the post uh, if they only knew that you know when that person said that they're not going to you know not certain of joining us for the party it meant something else so these things can happen and the important thing is again we are not heroes mm-hmm. we try to pick up as much as possible yeah